0: Hi, I'm Mike, and you are listening to Real Things That Really Matter. Our heart in this show is to open up the floor to conversation about topics in the Bible and Christianity that may be hard to understand, and to see them from different perspectives. I know that we don't always agree on some things, but we feel that we should be able to ask questions and listen to each other as we walk through this life following Jesus. So, sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy as we venture into another conversation on real things that really matter. Well, hi, Matt.
1: Hi, Mike. We're back. It's been so long. (laughs) Welcome
2: back, listeners, and we're so glad you're here, if you're still here. Uh, it's been an extended break that we've been on, but we're really excited that we're back on the air.
1: And I have missed you so much. I missed you, too. <laughs> I miss this. This is I know, this is fun. When, a staple of my week. And we haven't done it in months, it seems like. It does. I think it has been. Okay, all right. Well, what should we talk about
2: today? So, well we can talk about what's new and what's blue and
1: what's old and or we can talk about things that really matter. <laughs> Let's talk about things that don't get a thing that doesn't get talked about in the church much and hardly ever does it get talked about and it's called baptism of the holy spirit. Well, I wouldn't say it doesn't get talked about. It just depends on where you're at. Right, most churches don't seem like they broach that subject much. Yeah, uh, you know, the church I was growing uh, growing up in, you know, all through you know my early my early life, it never came up. So, I don't really know why that is, because it sounds like it's an important process, and I don't believe I've ever had it done to myself, but I want to ask some questions of you because I know that you have a lot of experience with it. So what is baptism of the Holy Spirit? What is it? It's apart from my understanding, it's apart from you actually getting saved. It's something that happens after you get saved. Yeah, it's kind of another event, and it's okay. not
2: the same as water baptism, although in the Bible you see it happen in coinciding with Jesus being baptized. He's baptized in water he comes out of the water and the heavens open up and the Spirit of God descends like a dove and rests upon him and stays there and he's baptized fully in the Holy Spirit. So you see all three happening. You see the two things happening right there at the same time.
1: Okay, well, I have a question about that too. <laughs> okay, let's let's start uh, with
2: some questions.
1: Okay, well, let's let's assume that what you said is correct and he was baptized with the Holy Spirit right there. Then what is... The transfiguration. Wasn't he baptized of the Holy Spirit at that point, though? Uh, now you're
2: reaching beyond a realm. I don't... That wasn't baptized in the Spirit. That was transfiguration into the, the personhood that he is. He's God.
1: Okay. All right. So that... Okay, that really had nothing to do with being baptized with the Holy Spirit, though.
2: I don't... I... You know, I could be wrong. I haven't actually, I guess, given that much thought. Right. I just now... Just the the question now just occurred to me. Okay, yeah, that no, I don't believe that's be that was baptism in the Holy Spirit. That was something that was something beyond. I mean, he's talking to the prophets that have right. been before Moses okay. and Elijah. We'll, we'll table
1: that for another time. Yeah,
2: that 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 would be a okay. A so
1: when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's a it's. Usually a set aside process from when you're actually saved and your God comes and lives in your heart. You're forgiven of your sins and so forth. When does this happen? How does this happen? Should it happen? Should it happen to all believers? Is this something that all believers should do?
2: Now you're getting into the reason nobody talks about it because it's very, it can be it can be vague, it can be messy. We have the New Testament writings that talk about the baptism in the holy spirit and that's really all we have and it's a new thing because it didn't happen necessarily in the sense that it happens in acts uh when Jesus was doing his ministry and so because Jesus he he doesn't he's baptized in the holy spirit but it doesn't he doesn't speak in tongues he doesn't but he heals people he knows what's going on around him he can see the heart of men he can uh, communicate with the Father in a way that none of us have ever been able to do. And there's all these things that happen when, when his baptism in the Holy Spirit happens and he is sent out to do ministry. And that's where I always focus when I see that, because the purpose of baptism in the Holy Spirit is to give you boldness to go out and proclaim the good news with the power of the kingdom inside you and overflowing from you.
1: Okay, so the baptism of the Holy Spirit could happen to you more than once. So I think the baptism
2: happens once. Okay. But you continue to be filled throughout your walk with Jesus. You get more and more. There's times where the Spirit comes upon you. And so there's, there's instances in the Bible, and I'm going to start. I'm going to start from kind of the beginning of when Jesus says he's sending the Holy Spirit to when he reminds them he's sending the Holy Spirit to when they receive the Holy Spirit. And I'm talking about the disciples, um, in John chapter 16, he's talking to his disciples as he's teaching and he started to tell them some scary things and they don't like to hear about it. He's, uh, He says that, you know, these bad things are going to happen. I'm going to be turned over. They're going to hate me. They're going to persecute me. They're going to kill me. Um, And he tells them, I didn't tell you these things from the beginning because I'm with you. And soon I'm going to him who sent me and none of you asked where you were going. Uh, But I've said these things and sorrows filled your heart. But he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. He says, the helper. The helper's capital. What does it always mean? And maybe we've forgotten that in our day and age. But what does it mean when a title in the Bible has a capital letter in front of it? It's God. It's God. It It means we're talking about God. And so he says the helper, the Holy Spirit, God, God's spirit is coming to you if I go away. And he's talking about his death and his resurrection and his ascension to heaven. So then at the end of Luke, we jump ahead in the story and it's right before he goes back to heaven. And he has given the great commission, told him to go out, proclaim the gospel to every nation, every tribe, every every person. And, um, He says, right before he goes, you're witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you. Stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So we have the promise of the helper. And then Jesus says, you will be clothed in power. And then you jump to Acts two, when they go back to the city, the disciples, they pick the next disciple, the one that replaces Judas, and they're all in the upper room. And they're waiting, they're waiting. They have no idea what's coming. So here's the difference. You and me kind of have this, this, uh, model or examples or history of what happens when people are quote unquote baptized in the Holy spirit, right? Here's where our example comes from. They're waiting, they're praying, they're seeking God. They're asking for this promise that Jesus says is supposed to come, Uh, and remember, and I always love to say this, Peter, the man who couldn't even admit knowing Jesus three times is in this room as well. And they say right here in Acts chapter two, when the day of Pentecost arrived, when the Holy spirit falls upon them, they're all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven, the sound of like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then it goes on and Peter preaches this amazing message to those who are making fun of them, thinking they're drunk. Because nobody's ever seen this before. And he preaches this message that saves 3,000 people. Right. So we see Jesus being baptized in the Holy Spirit he is immediately driven out into the wilderness and his ministry begins. He's, he's emboldened and empowered to go and proclaim the good news that God sent him to teach and preach to us. We see the disciples in the upper room. They are baptized. They have this physical manifestation of something supernatural, which is speaking in other tongues. And it's proven by the people standing around them who are from all over the, the nation Saying, we hear these guys saying things in our own language. How is this possible? And so they know something supernatural has happened. We've been baptized with the power of God. And Peter has this boldness to stand up in front of all of them and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. But they needed a sign to know that it happened.
1: And that sign was the flames above their heads? Well, that was a pretty good sign
2: too, I would say. I've never seen that part of it, Uh, but the speaking in tongues.
1: I see. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Is it possible that people have been saved at the moment they are saved, they're baptized with the Holy Spirit then? Yeah. Okay. It's up to the Holy Spirit how this works.
2: And I think it's somewhat up to the person, how open they are to submission or surrender to God.
1: Okay. And so some, you know, there might be some believers out there that would say, Hey, I was saved. It was profound experience. And now I feel like I'm missing out on something. What do I do? How do I go? And if I'm, I want to get closer to God and I want to experience this phenomenon, what do I do? How does that happen? So that's where I try to be careful. And so I say
2: that the tongues was the evidence that they were baptized. Right. I don't believe that, that
1: that's not the is litmus, necessarily the litmus the limit. test or anything yeah, for
2: it because I grew up in a church that talked only about the baptism in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. I see. So that was that's common knowledge to me. That part right.
1: that part. Because there's churches out there that Fake it. Well, and or or, as far as the speaking in tongues thing, there's... There I could ever...
2: be... it can Yeah, there's people that want it as a status quo symbol, and we see that in the New Testament where... Uh, I forget the two... I believe it was Peter, but they're in the town, and, and the guy comes up to him and says, hey, I want this power that you have. Let me buy it.
1: Yeah, he insults, How much he insults him, yeah. Right, because he wants the power. He thought he could just buy
2: it. Right. And that that is the wrong thing. And so, I mean, there's this desire to have it, but your 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 heart needs to be right. Why are you seeking the Holy Spirit? Is it a status symbol? Is right. it a elitist symbol? Is it a uh you know, selfish symbol? Right. What do you what are you seeking? Okay. But um the other problem is, the, and I mentioned it, it's an elitist thing. You can get a little puffed up with this. I have it. You don't. I have right. it. You must not be walking right with God. And I've seen people who have been incredibly damaged because they didn't receive this gift of tongues. And they were prayed for, and they they were seeking it out, and they were told that this is something they needed and they didn't receive it. And all of a sudden the blame goes to them saying, well, it's your fault. You're not spiritual enough and you're not going to get the Holy Spirit because, well, either you're not saved or you're living in sin or you're just not good enough.
1: Well, that's kind of what I was asking because you can be baptized by the Holy Spirit and have this phenomenon happen to you and still not necessarily speak in tongues though, correct? Yeah, Paul even says so. Okay. Paul even was res- in his writings. He says that's, he goes, you may get that gift and you may not, but he- that doesn't mean that you're not, bapt- I mean, you're not, you know, have a Holy Spirit baptism.
2: Right. Because he says, you know, I wish, and he is obviously baptized to the point. He has the gift of, of tongues, but he makes it a point that that is not the end goal. That is not, I've arrived. Quote unquote, he says, that, um, I wish all of you would speak in tongues because it's important, he thinks. I think it gives you that boldness that you see the disciples pick up when they're baptized on the day of Pentecost. It's something that you can't deny even to yourself. Like, I can't say, Well, I don't know if it happened because XYZ, this is something that I know has happened, it's beyond me, and that means that the spirit of God is overflowing in me, and it and it. Helps my mind and my heart to connect to this phenomenon that has happened. okay. But (laughs) he also says, not everyone does speak in tongues.
1: Right. So, if you don't mind, if you would share the process that happened with you, how long after when you were saved did this happen? How did it happen? And what happened to you? And what did it feel like? Can you go through that
2: with us? So, for me, personally... Uh, it was at camp. I, I, you know, said the prayer, gave my life to Jesus. When you were a teenager? No, when I was like eight. I was very young. Um, I was in my bedroom and I was, you know, I I just decided I'm going to do this. And I said the prayer all by myself. And I told my parents and, and uh, you know, that was it. I was excited. But the, and, and I was baptized in water. I don't know, a few years after that, I was still really young. Um, but it didn't really happen. We started going to an assembly of God church early, early teen years. And I started going to an assembly of God summer camp, which is, it's still amazing to go to. And it was at this camp. And this is where I say this was the focus was baptism in the Holy Spirit meant speaking in tongues. Now, hold on.
1: You'd already been saved at a young age. Yes. Okay. And so then the baptism of the Holy Spirit occurred at camp years later. Oh, years later. I'd say five years. Okay, so you're in your teens. Mm-hmm. Okay, go 14, ahead. Fourteen, go yeah, ahead.
2: 13, 14, somewhere around. I'm with that. you. And but we were at the camp and the focus for the week was the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the teen the, the the campers, the youth that were there. And so I can remember from the first night we were there being up front and doing the altar call and you know it was it was earnestly seeking and asking God for this, for this gift. And for myself personally, I didn't want it to be fabricated. I didn't want it to be fake. I didn't want to miss it, but I didn't want to also make it up and, and miss the value of the whole gift. And so
1: they were calling kids up and saying, Hey, we're going to do baptism of the Holy spirit.
2: Yeah, It was the whole, the whole group we'd go up front and it was, it was just being prayed for and praying yourself and, and asking for this gift. And so I did in the first night, nothing happened. You know, I, I stood up there and, and prayed and got on my knees and raised my hands and did all the thing and nothing happened. And so the next night they did the same thing. And I went up front and we were prayed for over, uh, by all the youth pastors and the leaders that were there. And same thing. I prayed and cried and lifted my hands and got on my knees and tried to do all the things that I could and nothing happened. And I was getting a little discouraged. Like, well, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I'm doing this, and that was the danger of focusing, I think, on asking for the specific gift. But that's another topic. Um, third night, because you wanted
1: to speak in tongues. Because
2: I wanted to speak in tongues, so then that, you I knew that, you'd, you'd hit, that I could know that I could know that I could know the gravy train
1: there. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh,
2: I've got the gift. You know? Okay, good. All right, and that was that was wrong, but um, that that's another topic. Anyways, moving to the third night. Uh, same thing and and i I was a little discouraged, and I think I kind of changed the way that I was praying okay um it's hard to remember very specifics, but uh it was just more of a of a longing of a desire of God I just want i just want you I just want what you have for me I want to go deeper I want all these things, and yeah, all of a sudden I was saying things in a language I didn't understand. And I'm going, Oh, what's this? And it was it was exciting and it was
1: And people confusing. were praying over you while this was occurring. Or uh, not.
2: it was kind of off and on. It was it was um they'd come by and they'd pray and then I'd be kinda on my own and then they would come by and some other guy I would see. pray and I'd be on my own and and it was kind of like everybody was up front. There's three hundred kids, four hundred kids at this camp.
1: And um, a lot of them were up, and up front. At that,
2: at that time of life, yeah. Most of us went up front to to ask for this to ask for this gift. And, okay. Uh when it did happen, I remember it was almost relief and excitement and confusion and, and all of the things all tied together. Um But hey, it had happened. And I was like, ah, yeah, it happened. Uh the last night we were there. I was up front doing the altar call and praying and using my new gift with prayer. And I can remember specifically God saying, I want you to go into ministry. Oh, cool. And so it was kind of, it was crazy because you see the baptism of the spirit in the new Testament. You see all of the things that follow that. And it always follows with ministry. Jesus was sent out, and that was where his ministry went and and started. He comes back from, he goes to the wilderness, he faces down the devil, and he comes back and he's proclaiming and healing and and forgiving sins and and uh, preaching the good news. You see, the disciples they are baptized and they go out and they start churches in the entire world, and then we have today the baptism is always should always be followed with lifting up the church with spreading the gospel with with the boldness to go out and proclaim the good news to those who are lost that's the purpose the tongues is there i believe to give us boldness knowing that this has happened
1: right so you're saying in your estimation more often than not when you're baptized with the holy spirit oftentimes you do speak in tongues well, because were there, there other again, were there other kids there that were speaking in tongues also? Oh yeah, a, a lot of them. Yeah. Well, I just didn't know. Was there people there that didn't speak in tongues but still felt they had this phenomenon happen to them? Well, that's that's hard to say
2: because at that time it's not like you were taking a survey either. Well, and I wasn't taking a survey, but at that time it wasn't. In my, in my neck of the woods, it wasn't thought that you were baptized unless you spoke in tongues. I see. So you could feel things. You could, you could wonder. You could ask questions. But, well, you haven't received the gift of tongues, so you must not be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, I've worked with people, and my mentor actually was one of these, who did not receive the gift of tongues the first time they prayed for him. I see. And he was told... Well, you're not good enough. You're not doing it right. You're X, Y, Z, whatever. And it it turned him off. It damaged him from even exploring those gifts. But I know this man was baptized in the Holy Spirit due to the fruit of his life. Joy, peace, patience, love, kindness, self-control. This guy was the model of the fruit of the Spirit. And his boldness was something that happened as well. He And I didn't know him before this, but when he was younger, he couldn't even stand in front of two people and speak. And when I had met him, he had started his own church and it was very successful and he had no problems with meeting and talking with anybody, no issues with confrontation, very solid in who he was. And so the boldness to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ was there, to even stand against the mainstream church, he was kicked out of a church because they didn't like him preaching the way that he
1: heard God telling him to preach. Okay. It was unorthodox to them, and they didn't understand it, and they didn't like it. He had boldness. Okay. And so the fruit and the evidence
2: of his ministry shows me that he was baptized, but he hadn't received the gift of tongues because somebody had created a trauma in his life that he said, I don't even want to seek it out.
1: I see. Well, does he speak in tongues now? Or He's he even... with the... Jesus, so I'm sure he speaks with oh, I see. the voice of
2: angels.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. I'm sorry about that. Okay. Well, but to your knowledge, he never did speak in he tongues. He never did. Okay. So he would be a perfect example for someone that you feel like received the Holy Spirit baptism, but never spoke in tongues. Yes. Okay. That's important. All and
2: right. and here's here's where I think... Our focus needs to be with baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says to ask. Jesus says, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. And he's talking about the baptism. And there's one of, one of the parables that he tells, that's my favorite one, is the, the parable of the guy who goes to his neighbor's house. So it goes, um, you have a, a visitor show up late at night And you have nothing prepared for them. You have no food to give them uh, when they show up. You can't host very well. So you, even though it's late, go to your neighbor's house and you knock on the door asking for bread. And your neighbor responds from inside the house, go away. I've laid down with my family. We're all in bed. We're all asleep. It's too late. I'm not going to give you anything. And you, the one who needs bread, continues to pound on the door saying, I need bread, I need bread, I need bread, I need bread, I need bread. And Jesus says, because of the audacious knocking, the man finally gets up out of bed, opens the door and gives you what you need. And then he says, how much more will the father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You've got to ask, but you're not asking for gifts. You're asking for his spirit. You're asking for the boldness and the power and the, the, the only way we can live as Jesus tells us to live in this world. We can't do it on our own. Right. We've talked about that in many episodes. I can't do it in my own power. And so I need this, this power that is beyond me. To live the life that Jesus shows me to live, to proclaim the good news to those who are lost, and to to have the authority in this world over the darkness.
1: Okay, so let me ask you this: Do you feel? I mean, in your experience, it sounds like to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, other people had to be around in this process. Um, uh, I've heard of many people that it just it just hits them. Sometimes. Oh, and it's just, and they're solo and it can happen, but when they're alone. Yeah. And okay. it's like, wow, what just happened? Okay. Um, well, it, I mean, all of our examples in the new
2: Testament show that there was either a message being preached or a laying on of hands and praying. Right. Um, The, the one where they're not praying for the baptism is when Peter goes and, and preaches to Cornelius, the centurion. And as he's preaching, this group of Gentiles is baptized in the Holy Spirit and just starts proclaiming uh, to God in the gift of tongues and prophecy. Right. And so then Peter goes, well, what's going to stop us from baptizing them in water as well? So let's go baptize them. They're saved. Um, you have the instance of, you know, Paul going to Ephesus and talking to those disciples, quote unquote, and he says, did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And they go, we don't even know what yeah. or who the Holy Spirit is. They had no idea what he was talking Nobody about. Nobody taught sure. them about this. Right. And so then he teaches them and lays his hands on them, and they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. So, you know, I think there's methods. There's uh, things we can glean from reading the scripture, but there's also a mystery to it that is it's God. Right. It's your heart and your relationship and your <clears throat> desire to allow God into your life. How much? How much am I going to submit? How much am I going to uh, g- just let go of? Because there's a mystery to it that, that I can't explain. Nobody can explain. And that's why I think a lot of times we don't talk about it because guess what? I need to have answers if I'm preaching something to you from the pulpit. Right. And I don't <laughs> have... All the answers for everything, but especially not about the Holy Spirit.
1: Well, and it seems like to me that it isn't talked about in church a lot because it's really not talked about a lot in this process in the Bible. There's only a few instances of this. Right. And you really have to read into it. And there's not like a specific command for this to take place.
2: Yeah, John is the only one that really talks about it, saying, I baptize you in water, but the one who comes after me, who is greater than me, will baptize you in mm-hmm. fire.
1: Well, and, yeah, and most people assume that when you're saved, you're baptized with the Holy Spirit then. Yeah, I, it's two different things. But, yeah, that and, you, and in, a, in a way, you are. I mean, but there's a Holy Spirit baptism, you're saying, that takes place... It can take place. That's a spiritual thing. It's a a
2: phenomenon that only Jesus can do. He baptizes you into his spirit. Paul says we are all baptized into one spirit through the name of Jesus Christ.
1: Well, I would like to talk with you about this some more. So why don't we stop for today? Because I feel like there's a lot to unpack still. Hopefully I wasn't too ambiguous. No, 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 ambiguous. you were ambiguous ambi- <laughs> ambiguous at
2: all. It's hard. Uh, it's a very and I'm not an expert. Like no, I don't and, I don't Well, it's
1: happened to you though, so I am I, I have I don't believe it's happened to me, so you, to me you're an expert. Well, thanks. <laughs> let's talk about it Knock uh, me off uh, let's pedestal talk about out. it again next time and then we'll uh we'll we'll ask some more questions and hopefully we'll we'll uh see where it goes.
2: Okay. Well, we yeah, I'd love to keep talking about this. Um, I know it has changed my life profoundly. And so, you know, any insight or any stirring up of desire I can help with anybody is, is a blessing that I can pass on. So
1: awesome, Mike. Thank
2: you. Listeners, if you are, uh, really into this season, this, this, uh, episode, we'd love to hear from you. If you would email us at MikeMattRealThings at gmail.com. You can hit us on Twitter at MMRealThings. We just really want to know what your thoughts are, what you're thinking, what your questions might be, even comments. Let us know. We are waiting and ready to hear from you. God bless you guys. God bless you all. We'll see you next week.
0: Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you have been challenged to study God's word to find out what it says and to build on what you believe. Our heart is to help create a desire in you to draw closer to Jesus. If you would like to contact us with questions or comments, email us at things at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay in the know of Thanks for joining us today. May God bless you and keep